the Hit the Light podcast featuring Big Frog and Michael Castleberry is on the air. Covering classic metal and comedy from San Diego, California. So now sit tight and hit the light. The Hit the Light podcast is recorded live and uncensored. Big Frog in particular is not politically correct, so please don't be offended. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Hit the Light podcast with me, Big Frog. And I am the wizard, Mike Castleberry. Yeah. All right. So, um, we're starting a new segment this week, which is uh, This Week in Metal. Basically, news, current events, if we saw any shows or heard any new records, that type of thing. And that way, you know, if people like this week, our episode is on Deep Purple. If people aren't particularly interested in Deep Purple, you can still tune in and hear, you know, what's going on, what we think about it, or whatever. Um, and so to start off this week in the news, since KISS has been a frequent topic yeah. so far for us. And this actually, this went down the same week that we finished up our uh, KISS episodes, right. actually. And then we forgot to fucking say something uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> on the next one. But uh, yeah, the big... Kiss News uh, on America's Got Talent is they're uh, doing another farewell tour. This one is supposedly going to stick. Right. Um, I have no reason to believe that it won't. Yeah. Because they, they're all like in their 70s and right. shit or 60s. Like you yeah. can only do the Kiss thing with, you know, fireworks and mm-hmm. wearing like tons of gear and yeah. shit like that for yeah. so long. Yeah. If Paul Stanley's not mobile. That's yeah. not going to be too good. I mean, they might, who knows, they might fucking change their mind and then uh, come yeah. back but do like another, a new unmasked phase where yeah. they don't have any of the fancy shit where they just wear clothes yeah. and play Kiss songs. If and, we were a little bit further down the line and cloning was a thing, we for sure would have a Kiss clone band. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> they would fucking, you know what, they would sell them. They yeah. would sell Kiss clones that you could spend like a million dollars per right. member and they would just play Kiss concerts in your home for you anytime right. you wanted to. On demand. And, you know, that's, <laughs> they're going to, they, they'll find ways to monetize their deaths. You know, Probably you so. Know. Probably they'll so. They'll be the official Kiss holograms and, yep. you know, they've said before that they're not completely adverse to the concept of, um, Replacing Gene and Paul, right? And all non-original. Yeah, Yeah. and it'd be no none of the original band members, so it'd be the official Kiss tribute band at that point, right? And it's like on one hand, you go like, would the Kiss Army buy that? But on the other hand, it's like, yeah, (laughs) yeah, probably (laughs) they probably would. I mean, it's Kiss. It would be you know you know there's there's um there's bands. I, I don't... Uh, God, I wish I could remember the name of the band. There's a band that Rudy Sarza was in. And it's got, like, all these all these band members, all these players, and they're huge, Rudy uh-huh. Sarzo size. And then there's one short little fat guy, and it's like, oh, that must be the original guy. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember what band it is. Oh, I gotta look it up. That's... Uh, <laughs> Anyways. That's how you know someone's been in a band for a while when, yep. they, when they still get to be fat and on stage. Yeah. It's like, I started the band. Yeah. So Ace says he's in if the money's right. Yeah, well, right? and he know, already has estimates in his head. It's you know okay, mm-hmm. and I'm glad you know he's doing well in his solo career. Yeah, but at the same time, it's like, yeah, guess what? 
I'm in too if they fucking offer it to me. Right. <laughs> you yeah. know, like yeah. it's yeah. it's whether or not they ask him yeah, is you, a thing. But it's like, okay, that's cool. Right. You know, that's like saying, you know right. what? Right, but I'd in, fuck Pamela Anderson still. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know? In his statement, he he puts it out there that you know that he knows people want it because on Twitter and stuff and whatever. So he's kind of pumping that up yeah, too. Like pe- people do want it, and I think Kiss they gotta know that okay, it, it's gonna be a boost in ticket sales by saying this is a farewell tour. That's mm-hmm. what every band does to mm-hmm. sell more tickets when they're mm-hmm. getting old. This is our farewell. Like if you go, if you're playing, you know clubs and you used to be big and then you say this is our farewell tour you can start booking some arenas yeah maybe people will be like oh this is my last chance to see probably crew or this is my last chance to see whoever so they may get a boost but here's the thing kiss hasn't sold out arenas on their own in a minute yeah the last big tours they're on um they had to, they were co-headlining mm-hmm. with like Def Leppard right. or they're co-headlining with Aerosmith. Mm-hmm. So they haven't been the main draw of a concert for a fucking while. Right. Like as far as a full-blown tour. Yeah. And this will be. And that's the thing. That's a world tour. They're talking they could be touring two years on this. Yeah. Um, so they need to have a hook. Yeah to get people to go to this and the farewell might not just be it because other than that it's the same fucking thing they've been doing right for almost 20 years right it's, it's fake sure. ace and fake peter and that hasn't been a huge draw right but now if they say ace is our opening act mm-hmm. and that hint that maybe ace will come on stage and play some songs with us right people are more, I'm more maybe, likely to buy a ticket right for and that. maybe even sneak him on but like people, are, oh shit, that's Ace. Yeah, or something like that. Something that would like be that. cool. I'd be able to tell right away. I think. But well, yeah. Anyway. But that's the thing is, at the same time, how do you do that? Because Ace doesn't want to fucking share the stage with a dude dressed like. Oh him. no, he'll be off. Yeah, they'll switch. Yeah, yeah, for and then sure. it's like you can't have both spacemen at the same time. You can't right. have Ace no, come no, no, out no. in the paint. Yeah, it's not either. the Undertaker. Yeah, so it's like. <laughs> You gotta be able to. Do, they can't. You know. You definitely can't have him come out in right. plain clothes and play yeah. with Tommy because yeah. he won't do that. He's no. still got pride. Yeah. So it's interesting. Yeah. But you know what? Um, I also think about this on a funny note, or it's really not funny. It's only funny to me. I think. I feel like if Ace takes the gig, uh-huh. he's basically trading his sobriety for this gig. Yeah. Because he falls off the wagon every time he joins Kiss again. I think that's pretty much. <laughs> yeah, but we'll see. Yeah, so I mean, you know, that's, he's I been mean, doing. I mean, Ace, he's been sober for seven years or ten like years, that. something like that. Yeah. So we'll see. Yeah. But like, he's he is doing stuff though. Like he's do, been doing little tours and he's right. been. Like, no, yeah, like, that that's for sure. But yeah. he hasn't. That's when he falls off the rails when he starts doing these big things yeah. and he's got money and you know whatever and I mean I know it's, it's just a precarious situation I, yeah. I know how it is yeah. I, I mean that's why like I you know we talk about things all the time you know me and Lonnie and we because you know I got the same issues Yeah. and uh, and you know we talk about oh going on the road or whatever I'm like yeah no I wouldn't not with that not unless she can go and find yeah. you know because otherwise 
Oh, that's going to be a shit show. I yeah. mean, just a matter of time, probably. Oh, for sure. But, um... And what Paul said, he's open. He said he's open he's to open things. Paul is open to making money. Right. Gene is open to making money. Right. If they do the like we said on the yeah. the Kiss episode, if they do the mental math and yeah. say we can make more money, yeah, with Ace, right, than and, without Ace, and break Tommy off a little, a little check and have yeah. him on retainer, yeah. you know, just in case, have him on call. Yeah. Hey, we need you in fucking. New York yeah. now, <laughs> yeah. you know Eric Singer's just over here like my job's fucking fine. Oh like, yeah, Peter Chris said he's done, done. Yeah, like he did his retirement show that apparently did well. I right. mean, people it sold out and it was like a dinner and a show and everybody got a nice steak and they got to watch Peter Chris. Yeah, for a couple play, hundred bucks, probably. Play, yeah, play drums the last time and apparently there that you was go. fun. Um, so what else we got in the news here? In the news, another uh, retiree, <laughs> um, KK Downing has a book coming out, and so he's doing all the press. You know, he was yeah. on Eddie Trunk, and he was on some other uh, something for destruction podcast, which I don't know, caught my yeah. head. But anyways, uh, and he's super bitter. Like you know, he thinks that um, that first of all, he thinks that, like Richie Faulkner, like stole his image and because he has well I mean I think he always had blonde hair but yeah. like he has it in a certain cut and he plays a V and he wears like similar clothes or whatever so he's pissed about that <laughs> and then he's also pissed that when Glenn got sick they didn't ask him to rejoin yeah you know which I say you quit homie you know? Yeah. Well, that's their their take on it. Is like he didn't show interest. He didn't ask if he didn't come to us. We're not going to go out of our way. Yeah. To because they were said he walked out the door. He quit. He said he was done with Judas Priest. Yeah. And he quit in the middle of a tour, if I recall. I don't know, but if it was that, but but yeah. I think it, it was wasn't, something like yeah. that. Yeah. But that was one of yeah, those deals. He like wrote where, a letter or something. Yeah, and he's like, I'm out of the band, and right. then they were like, All right, well, right. Priest has to keep doing its thing. Yeah. Um. If they manage to keep themselves alive without Rob Halford for a while, mm -hmm. you know, they can do it without. You know. For sure. For sure. And you, you know what I mean? You know, I know a lot of people like KK. I, I like KK all right, too. But, like, he's not he's not that great of a guitar player, really. In, in the, yeah. I mean, you know, Richie Faulkner is better. There's <laughs> really no doubt about it. Not in my head, anyways. So, sorry, KK. Whatever. Yeah, we don't, um, we don't cut, cut care, I guess. Right. <laughs> now to a guitarist that is without peer, Tony Iommi is putting shit together for maybe for a new album, for a solo album. Yeah. Which, that sounds cool. Um, Doing the Santana thing again, I yeah. suppose, where you have a whole bunch of Maybe something like that. Singers. I just hope it's heavy. I hope yeah. it's not. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure he's done with his love phase. So I don't, you know... <laughs> Think we'll have any more of those, yeah. um, those love ballads or whatever that were on like Seven Star or <laughs> um, that weird shit. That yeah, snuck in on there. So that should be cool. And then also he said that they're remixing the album Forbidden, you know, with Tony Martin yeah. from the Tony Martin era, which I don't think that album is that great, but I like that he's revisiting that era and maybe maybe do some remixes. Maybe, you know, put out some live videos if they have them something. or something like that. I'm all about that. I'm all about the live videos. I think, 
I think it's funny that, you know, because apparently he did uh, have a, a thing where he sat down and he talked with Tony Martin about some shit and uh, kind of apologized for shitting on him in his book and this and that. And oh. So then that's when it started, the word started getting out that, you know, he was going to start remixing those albums mm. because it's, the those are the albums you can't get right now. Right. Like, you, they just don't sell them. So Tony mm. was banned because he felt like, it, like a, a decade of history for the band that he right. was a part of yeah. has been, like, ignored. For sure. So now if they're retouching, I don't know why they're starting from Forbidden, you'd think you'd just go and chronological order yeah you know yeah. and start with like eternal idol i guess they like figure that. that's the one that needs the most work yeah maybe that's it and if they fuck it up nobody's gonna care i <laughs> i mean i guess i i guess i could see that but it seems like you'd want to go with the ones that people like the most right which are you know generally eternal idol and sign of the southern cross or uh not uh, Silas, Headless Cross. Headless Cross, yeah. Too many crosses. Silas Southern Cross is pretty radical, though. Yeah, but that's a sick <laughs> song. But, you know, I'm mixing up my cross really All the crosses, material. yeah. Um, yep. So, that's for the news this week. We, we're going to get um, to our title episode, which is Deep Purple, which is actually kind of part one of Richie Blackmore's story, more yeah. or less. And we're going to focus... Pretty much on the classic lineup, the Mark II lineup. You, you know, we're going to talk a little bit about the other stuff, but mostly we're going to go on that. And I just want to give like a little brief like synopsis of my intro to, uh, to Deep Purple. Because when I first started liking heavy metal or hard rock or whatever, yeah. there was no Deep Purple. This was like 82. Yeah. You know, there, was, there wasn't any. And um, of course I knew... Deep Purple from Smoke on the Water. Yeah. You know, it wasn't actually the first riff that I learned because the first riff I learned was like some Mexican bullshit from yeah. these fucked up people. That's the first hard rock riff anyone learned. Yeah, I think, I is think Smoke so. On the water. It was definitely the first one that I taught people yeah. how to play. So, yeah, for sure. And um, so I knew that. And then, um, and then, you know, I knew Richie from Rainbow. Which, yeah. which I loved, which that was the Jolyn Turner uh, era of Rainbow. But I was, like I said, I was new, so I wasn't all in heavy metal anyways. I was yeah. still kind of figuring it out. You're in the kiddie pool. Yeah, and I definitely liked, you know, those Rainbow songs, you know. Yeah. Um, I Surrender and all that. Uh, yeah. And so... Um, I wouldn't call that metal, but yeah. Uh, no, it wasn't. Yeah, for sure it wasn't. And... Uh, and so I knew Richie Blackmore, I knew that riff, I knew Deep Purple was, and then, you know, you start to try to kind of get to know it. Back yeah. then it was a lot harder. You know, you had to like borrow records and record them or something like that. You couldn't just, you know, look it up or whatever. And Deep Purple was one of those bands that you'd find in weird people's records. Yeah. Like you'd find it like with somebody who likes like Cream and... Emerson, Lincoln, Palmer, and yeah. Deep Purple, you know, so it was a kind of a different thing as far as that goes, but once I, like, when I listened to the first Deep Purple record, I was like, oh, yeah, I've gone too far too back, too, too far back, this, this, isn't, this isn't, like, related to anything that, that I, 
yeah. would like, you know, whatever. So it wasn't kind of like Sabbath where from day one they had it figured out, you yeah. know, pretty much. They were a work in progress for like four records. Well, yeah, that's the thing with them is, you know, you take the, the original Mark One lineup and listen to it and... Honestly, I mean, there's a couple of songs that are all right on mm-hmm. it. Like, you know, Hush is a good yeah, song. Yeah, which the, they did write. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is their first couple of albums, um, half the album was cover songs. Mm-hmm. And then they'd have like they'd have like four cover songs and four originals. Right. So it was kind of like, it was almost like half of a 60s greatest hits tribute band type of shit. Yeah. You know, and then so... You listen to it and it it does it sounds old it sounds mm-hmm. dated it mm-hmm. sounds it's very it's very much the 60s sound yeah yep and, and the look that they had was yeah. that too and they had like the weird like yeah tripped out mod thing going yeah. on where it's like giant helmets of yeah. hair Richie looked like Eric Clapton and kind of sounded like Eric yeah Clapton. or they sounded alike I don't know who was like who but. They yeah. sounded very similar and looked very similar. Well, that's the thing that's so cool about it to me is once you once, you know, once they've kind of discarded that and decided, you know, they brought in Ian Gillen mm-hmm. and um, was it uh, Roger, Roger Glover? Roger Glover, who shady was, the way they did that. Yeah, well, it's Woo. funny because that was the thing is they were never trying to get Roger Glover. They're yeah. trying to get Ian Gillen, but right. Roger and Ian, Ian basically said we're a package. Yeah. Uh, he's my songwriting partner right now, so if you want me, you, you bring him in. Right. And that formulate, yeah. you know. And Ian Pace, the drummer, signed off on yeah. it. Yeah. So, so that was it. when they get that in, you know. And them fools didn't find out till later that yeah. the dudes that were replaced. But you listen to the, just right from the start, though, mm-hmm. the very first album they mm-hmm. did with that lineup. Right. That sound is different. Right. Like, they... They discarded kind of that '60s remnant feel to it. I mean, because you know those first Deep Purple albums were all released in the '60s, you know. Right. But it's you have a sound that's something different right. for that era, and it's kind of like I think Deep Purple in some ways doesn't get enough love because they feel like a bridge mm-hmm. to different stuff. Like it's it's that. That connection from like the '60s, like psychedelic. Mm-hmm. It's like something that fits right in between, like that and Sabbath, right? In sound, kind of like a yeah, a link that's not yeah, not it's missing. Kind of like yeah. you know, and you know, Richie Blackmore, he's kind of like he's almost like a transitional guitarist because he's like what just the, what the natural progression of what comes right in between like Clapton mm-hmm. and like Eddie Van Halen. Right. Like he's like the he's like kind of like the that you know, the beta version of like a shredding guitarist. Right. Like he's not he doesn't have all the fucking tricks that Eddie had. Right. But he's shredding a lot faster and doing a lot more different shit mm-hmm. than guys were doing in the sixties. Mm-hmm. You know? Insanely so. And, you know, that's the thing is, you know, when you listen to like the guitar solos, especially in the live version of right. like Highway Star, that solo yeah. was fucking fast. That solo, in my opinion, was the best electric guitar solo up to that time. That's it's still one of my favorites. Yes, yeah. it's that fucking good. Yeah, and for me, Deep Purple, it was the same thing as you, where 
um, I do Smoke on the Water. Right. Everybody knows. You know, da, 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 da. Like, that's such a fucking iconic guitar riff. Mm-hmm. But I hadn't really heard anything else other than that. Right. So it's one of those things where I... It's actually... Okay, here's two things. is Smoke on the Water, and then I had a, a Super Nintendo game called Rock and Roll Racing. Mm-hmm that had they licensed real songs for it but it was all like midi yeah chiptune shit right right, 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 right super nintendo yeah and they had a midi version of highway star oh it. wow and it's like you're you know and it was a, a game where you're racing and you're shooting stuff with missiles and shit that and makes then, sense and like a video game version of highway star is playing that's and cool I, I didn't know the song at all right i just knew it was kind of it was catchy yeah on, on the super nintendo right and my dad i remember because i was in like middle school yeah when this came out so my dad walked by and i when me and my brother were playing this game yeah. he was a bit laughing and he pokes his head in he's like is that fucking deep purple yeah on your video game that's yeah. trippy yeah awesome <laughs> and then he's like singing highway started himself as he left the room it's yeah. like whatever dad you're old yeah and then and for the, that was from the olden days yeah but then i was like i don't know like i got i went through this Phase is pretty much like my freshman year of high school when my mom would just order CDs for me. And right. it would be like, I know like one or two songs from a band and then mm. want to know more. Mm-hmm. So, like, I knew, you know, Iron Man. So right. I was like, oh, can you order me this? You know, um, we sold our souls for rock and roll. Right. Black Sabbath. Well, that's a good way to get to know bands yeah. that greatest hits record. So or whatever. I did the same thing with Deep Purple. Yeah. And they had, um, when we rock, we rock, and when we roll, we roll. That compilation album, uh-huh. and it's kind of a weak compilation. Okay. Uh, like once I like listen, like go back to it. But yeah. The thing is, is it's a compilation album. It has stuff from the first three iterations right. of Deep Purple, but they're like not in the order of like it doesn't start with like okay. You listen to right. Mark One, and then there's the Mark Two stuff, and then ends on the Mark Three. Right. It's, it's literally mixed. like there's the Mark One stuff at first, and then Burn is it? Right. And then after that, it's like space trucking right. shit. So yeah. it's like it kind of went all over the place, but it was like I started. Yeah, it was. They did like Hush and Kentucky Woman from like mm-hmm. their first, you know, yeah. iteration, and then I think. Burn is the only Mark Three song on it. Right. And then it was, you know, after that it was, you know, the classic shit from yeah. Mark yeah. Two. Right. But that's how I got into them. And I still remember my friends for some reason. Like Black Sabbath was still considered cool even mm-hmm. in the 90s. Mm-hmm. So when you're like, oh, I'm listening to Black Sabbath, right. your friends are like, ah, oh, sick. Yeah. And then it's like, what do you listen to? Deep purple? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Why? Yeah, you know, it's like what, and it's like I was like, no, it's you like they're, put on your bell bottoms. It's like this; it's their greatest hit stuff. It's like they have a hit other than "Smoke on the Water." It's like no, there's other stuff, but it's really yeah. good. It's not Terrible. just smoke. It's not just smoke <laughs> on the water. I think it's like nine tracks yeah. on the fucking thing. It's yeah. not just smoke on the water, man. They have like Highway Star, and yeah. Space Trucking, yeah, and, da, da, da. and then my friends were like whatever. Right. You know, so my friends all thought I was a fucking dork. Right. For liking that. But yeah. That compilation, though, the thing is, is it had the live version of Highway Star uh-huh. and the live version of Smoke on the Water. So up until years later, 
I'd only heard the live version of Highway Star. Right. So when I finally heard like the album version, it f- sounded fucking wrong. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, totally. And I think that's the thing with Deep Purple. I think to a lesser extent um, than Kiss, it's the same kind of thing mm-hmm. where I think the albums and they they have some really good albums but I don't think the albums really capture the essence. They're a band that you kind of need to hear or see live. For sure. To get the full experience. And with Kiss, it's because there's just a different energy and there's fireworks and this and that. Yeah. With them, it's, they're going to go on These a random 10-minute jam yeah. and shit like that. And um, you can't really get that on a live recording, but like when you... Uh, yeah. Like, yeah. So when I first heard Made in Japan, I was like, what the fuck? I was like, this is just goes on and on yeah. and on. Of course, I was a kid and, you know, I didn't, I didn't, uh, I didn't know. But you know what? Um, speaking of sounding wrong, it's funny because like, like we were talking about, the rift to the smoke on the water is universally known, universally played, and everybody plays it different. Yeah. And almost everybody plays it wrong. Well, yeah, that's you know, Richie Blackmore. I was listening to an interview with him about that and how he says, like, I've heard so many people play Smoke on the Water and everybody plays it wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody <laughs> does. You know, and it's funny because it's so simple, you know, and, you know, I mean, it's in G, which Richie, a lot of Richie shit is in G for, yeah. for whatever reason. Ian Gillen, even like, uses it to cap on it. Oh, is, yeah. is it in G? You know, whatever. <laughs> so, um, but he actually plays it in, uh, with, uh, with these invor- inverted power chords, which yeah. you can do with just one finger instead of, instead of having, so you can do the whole riff without moving your hand if you want to. Yeah. You know, <clears throat> but he does it that way, starting on the fifth fret, and then he plays it that way on the intro, and then, after that, once the rest of the band comes in, he moves it up to the lower strings and higher up on the neck to yeah. the 10th fret and does it that way. And nobody else does it that way. But this last week when I saw uh, Deep Purple with Steve Morse uh-huh. at the thing, he played it exactly the way Richie plays it. Oh, sure. Which is funny because he didn't play nothing else the way Richie plays <laughs> it. But he, <laughs> he played was... Smoke on the Water exactly right, which sure was a trip. That. Yeah, um, You know, that's... That's kind of a trip that it's a, such a basic riff. It's not overly complex. But yeah. No, no, no. He plays all. it the way he did it. Yeah. And the other thing that's funny about it is, um, you know, Richie, he's he's very, you know, gracious in some ways about it because he's, you know, people ask him, are you tired of playing that song? He's like, oh, I'm, I'm so happy I wrote that song. Yeah. <laughs> you know? For he's sure. He's like, I love it. It's a great sure. riff. It's a classic riff. Everybody knows it. And yeah. at the same time, he goes, you know, all I did was I, I took Beethoven and rearranged it. Yeah. You know, it's right. just dun 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 yeah. dun 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 yeah. rearranged for yeah. the most part. And then I, that blew the interviewer's mind when he said that because nobody noticed right. that he took Beethoven, fucked around with it a little bit, yeah. and made it, you know, smoke on the water. Yep. And, um, you know, it's, it's, he's kind of like a genius in that simplicity of some stuff. Yeah, very much so, very much so. And I mean, you know, if you, if you really look at it, like for example, um, "Man on a Silver Mountain," mm-hmm. it's the same notes. It's the, yeah. you know, it's the same uh, intervals. Yeah. You know, so it's it, 
he didn't mind using it again if it worked. No, you, you know, you, and you have a signature sound at some point. Right, too. right, and you know, right. The thing that trips me out too about Deep Purple, and you know, the Mark II lineup mm-hmm. is, it's it is legendary. It, you know, it. I don't think. I mean, it's in the it's the only lineup that's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't induct any of the other ones. Right. I think that was one of those things where they had to make a decision. Yeah. You know, it's like with with Kiss, it was the original lineup only. Mm-hmm. It's the original four guys. Mm-hmm. That's who's in the Hall of Fame. Because right. When people start talking, Deep Purple needs to be in the yeah, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. It's like there's so many motherfuckers yeah. in, that have been in Deep Purple. Right. And if you yeah. include one extra one, it's like, well, well who what do about Satriani? Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, you know, I w- personally, I personally, if I were to have been in charge of it, I probably would have given some love to the Mark III lineup also. Yeah. I mean, David Coverdale does belong in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. In my anyway, opinion. yeah, for sure. Um, I know you're not huge on Glenn Hughes. No, he definitely belongs <laughs> but, also. Yeah. But, you know. Yeah. If you say those two, but then I guess you have like what is it, Rod Evans or whoever is the original right. singer is like, hey, what about me? It's like nobody cares about you, bro. Right? Like, are you? Is he even? Is he even still alive? I don't know. Yeah. I'm not gonna Google to find out. He might be yeah. dead now. Yeah. <laughs> I know that. I know that bass player uh, Nick Simper. Mm-hmm. He's in. He's alive because he's in all the interviews. Yeah. He's always there, and he's and he's you know. I mean, I'm sure he's gotten over it by now, but I don't know. He wasn't I, happy. He yeah, wasn't happy. I got fired from. I got fired from Deep Purple, and yeah. uh, then they had like their their most successful time after that. It's like, right. hey, maybe they needed you gone, but yeah, like, you know. But um, I mean, Roger Glover was was a good songwriter and uh, audio engineer. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he helped a lot with the sound of, of those early yeah. records. So, you know, yeah. I mean, he's he's one of the dudes that's like you know still in the band, right? You know, right. him, him and Ian are like that's yeah that's the unit right there. Yeah. Now the funny thing is that we always hear about Blackmore. He's an asshole. You can't get along with him. He likes kicking people out of his bands. All this shit. And I heard this shit before I really got into Deep Purple. I heard yeah. this shit in the during the Rainbow Days because yeah. obviously he the singers kept kept moving. Well, Everybody kept moving. Yeah, everybody kept moving. You know, so so um, everybody would talk about that. Now I figured, okay, Richie was in the band with Rod Evans and Nick Simper and all that, and then they were removed. Yeah. So to my way of thinking, that's Richie's band now. Yeah. Right. So when when Ian Gillen and them joined. I thought, well, yeah, well, it's Richie's band, but not really, yeah. because those dudes, like Ian Gillen, asserted himself right away, yeah. you know. And one thing that I noticed in going toward uh, through the liner notes and everything this week mm-hmm. is those albums with uh, with Mark II. Yeah, everybody gets a writing credit on every song. Yeah. So, I mean, that is as right down the middle a deal as you'll ever get yeah. in any band. And it, it to me, that's the way to do it. I'm talking about a band that, that started together and come, come up together. That's the way to do it. Because otherwise, if one guy's getting paid and the other yeah. guy's ain't getting paid, that's fucking not yeah. going to go good for the band. But so, so that was happening then, but 
by the time Ian Gillen left and Roger Glover left, the next album you see exactly who wrote the yeah. song. It was like it was like after a divorce, they figured out they needed a prenup for yeah. the next one. So and because of that, you can see the and the reason that I don't like Glenn Hughes is because every time he's involved in something, number one, he wants to sing. Yeah. And I don't particularly like his voice. He's a killer bass player. Yeah. Um and also he fucking changes the direction of the band to what he <laughs> likes, which yeah. is not what I like, you know? Yeah. So, and that's what happened. You know, the first album, um, Burn, yeah. is good, man. Yeah. It's, you know, it's got, some, it's got some good shit on it, and oh, then it's the, got that other shit. Yeah, the title track is, is fucking awesome. up there, dude. Yeah. That is like, that is a fucking, that's probably, if you ask, that's a top five um, you know, Richie Blackmore riff. Right, yeah. That is... For sure. So fucking killer. For sure. Mistreated is good. That is another... You know, thing, you know. and and uh, and cool, right on. Like, you know, like, I think if I was a fan of the band at the time, because when you're a fan of the band at the time, that album comes out and you don't have another album for a year and a half, yeah. two years. So you just, you, you live with this record and yeah. you end up liking it, most yeah. likely if you like the band. So I probably would have loved Burn if if I had been a fan of the band at the yeah. time. But even if I had been a fan at the time, Stormbringer was not going to do it for <laughs> me, dude. I mean, the, the, the title track is the first song, yeah. and it's awesome. And then from there, it just, I don't even know. It goes, it goes like, to me, it, it's almost like a step backwards before they, uh, yeah. they went to where they went with uh, with in rock and all that has an awesome cover though. Yeah, yeah for cover sure. Is probably the for best sure. deep purple album and, cover and, art. And the thing that we were talking about earlier is that everybody on the record is awesome. You yeah. know, it's just the direction that they took was not what I like. Yeah. And you know, like uh, I saw some people commenting on certain things where. For as much as the Mark II fans don't dig it that much, mm -hmm. although usually respect it, yeah, there are those who that's their favorite shit. Yeah, you know that those those records are their favorite shit. So I wonder they, if there's any like Mark One ones out there that like that's their shit. Man, I think I saw that lady at the concert, man, and there was a legit eighty-five year old lady. <laughs> rocking out like yeah. right like right by us we um uh, we ran into carlos mendez and richie there yeah. and so we were all laughing at that and this dude yeah. that was frying his balls off like and kind of incorporating his phone in it yeah like he's videoing himself and everything in his weird dancing you know uh that's cool there, i mean maybe <laughs> there's some weirdos out there that are like mark four enthusiasts you like, never know after you know you never know. That, now, like their favorite album is Come Taste the Band. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> man. Well, That's I not mean, a bad album, but... Well, you know, it's one of those things. I mean, uh, I was actually listening to it today. Yeah. And, um, I mean, you know, uh, Tommy Bolin, he's, he's a talented kid, man. He's, he's okay. a good player, but, I mean, you know, those are some big shoes, man. And then with, and then with that, with Richie leaving, yeah. then the... There was no doubt on the direction now. 
Yeah. It was fucking in. No, that was not. It kind of went in. You know, yeah, that wasn't. You for didn't me. have the the man. The man. Yeah, and so anything. then, so then, you know, Richie's in Rainbow, right, yeah. and all that. Ian Gillen has Ian Gillen. Ian band. band, which I guess was big in Europe because I never heard of him here. Yeah, you know? I've and, listened to some of it. Um, yeah, it's it's all right. I mean, it's a cool hard rock band. Right. You know what? That's the thing that really you know. To, rewind a little bit that's so trippy is like you said like they were very they put out some legendary songs and they were like legendary as far as their live performances Mm -hmm. and that lineup only lasted it was like four years right between their first show they played and when they you know they split up Mm -hmm. it was four fucking years you know like a little over four like they first played together in 69 and it was done in like yeah. 73 yeah. or 74 type of thing and you know when the the normal thing is to everybody go well you know Richie Blackmore's a dick and mm-hmm. he couldn't get along with Ian Gillen mm-hmm. and Ian's probably a bit of a prima donna because he came in and you know Richie has this whole thing later on with like especially with Rainbow is he's he's like the uh, the kingmaker mm-hmm. you know if I've if I've chosen you to be in my band I am going to, you know, I've made your career. Right. So he's always, you know, he hung his hat on, you know what? I discovered Dio. Right. You know, Elf wasn't doing shit. Right. And then I hired him. Yeah. He went to go into Black Sabbath and then he had his own band. And, but I made Dio. Right. Or, you know, I made, you know. Ian Gillen for that matter. Yeah. But you can't say he made Ian Gillen. Because Ian Gillen coming in was part of what launched Deep Purple right. and superstardom. Right. So it's like Ian kind of made, you know, they kind of made each other. See, that's the thing. That's the thing. In our minds, yes, that's true. But in, uh, in practical terms, they were already selling out arenas here before Ian Gillen. The first three albums sold just as much as the next two. So, yeah. practical terms of money and shit like that, not really. Yeah, but you then, know, you know, Machine Head happened. Then Machine Head <laughs> happened, yeah. Yeah, for sure. But, you know, it's one of them deals, too. Where, but apparently, you know, when you talk to other people, though, like uh, Richie Blackmore, he thinks, I mean, of course, he's not going to be like, well, I was a prick to everybody. His whole thing is he thinks they just, they burnt out. Mm-hmm. Too, it was too much too fast it was, right they he felt like if they had better management that was like hey why don't you take a year to just fucking chill right because they were like full steam ahead world tours mm-hmm. and cranking out an album a yeah. year with very little time to write you know so they're just bang 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 yeah. bang and that burnt everybody you know right. they burnt the candle on both ends and everybody yeah. got burnt out and then all yeah. of a sudden you know Ian and uh you know, uh, Glover, they're they're gone. Mm-hmm. It's like the whole thing dissolved, and you know he feels like had we had different management, had we had a manager that kind of said, "Hey, right. why don't you just take a year, right, to recuperate and get away from each other for a bit." Yeah. He felt like he's like he would say like I think Deep Purple that that lineup would still be together today. Like I think if we had had those down times, mm. we wouldn't have imploded like that so fast. Right. Right. But who knows, you know, because then, you know, when they decided to bring it back, it went good for exactly one album. 
right. You know? Exactly. And but, you know, that brings me to uh that brings me to something because in Richie Blackmore's uh interviews, he I mean, I give him all the leeway in the world because he's my hero. Yeah. You know, I mean, like to me, Richie Blackmore on stage, there's nothing like it. Yeah. Because um, you know, I mean Hendrix was there a year or two before him. Yeah. And obviously made a great spectacle, was a great guitar player and all that shit. But Richie was better. I yeah. mean, just pure guitar player, Richie was better. And and uh and on stage, you know, after Hendrix was gone, he was the dude. You know, nobody yeah. did nobody did nothing like what Richie did. But one thing that gets me is that he, when he talks, he just lays it out there. I'm not, you know, I'm not 100% sure that he's being 100% honest all the time. Yeah. But with certain things, he talks about, you know, I did it for, I did this for money. Yeah. You know, I did this so we could break through in America. I hired this guy because I thought chicks would like him. Yeah. You know, we did this for the record company. You know, uh, one one point he says um, when he was talking about Graham Bonnet and his hair. Yeah. He says, hey, you know, hey man, we have these denim people that are following us, and they all have long hair. They expect us to all have long hair. Yeah. So you need to fucking have long hair because these fucking denim people, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so it, you know they did it for the denim people, you know. And then yeah. and then one thing that I was listening to the other day, he was talking about how. It's, you know, I wanted to do this, and I if it was for me, I would just play this. But it's not for me. It's for the fans. Yeah. You know, and, and this is what... And in essence, if the fans wanted something else, he would do something else. Yeah. He wasn't, like, committed to any... Like, the way we think of it now... Well, yeah. I mean, that's, like, when you look at... Rainbow, which yeah. we'll talk extensively about next week, I'm, I'm right. assuming. Um, you can tell at some point, you know, after after Dio left, because, you know, they had differences in what they wanted to be, mm-hmm. um, it starts sounding more and more like he wants to, he's he's writing a Deep Purple album with these guys. Like, he wants to sound more like like that. And yeah, he kind wants of. To, but even know, more poppier than yeah, they but, ever were. Yeah, Richie Blackmore has this sensibility to him where he wants to have a pop hit right. type of deal. Right. And he wants to be a mainstream recognition for it, at least at that time period. Right. When he, when he finally did stop doing the shit for the fans, we got Blackmore's Night. Right. And when he decided to indulge himself. Yeah. You know, yeah. that's what's kind of funny because the fans want this, so we're going to do that. And then he, he's like, I'm going to do this right. for me. And then he played right. a loop for like fucking 20 years. Exactly. And you know what? And those sensibilities that and he I'm, has you know, are like yeah. the most unmetal yeah. shit ever. And I'm going to, you know, not only I'm going to play a loot and shit, I'm going to have my chick as right. the lead singer of the band, which everyone is going to clown. Oh, everybody's going to clown, but yeah, but I'm just sitting here thinking. She must have the most bomb pussy oh. of all time. Well, yeah. That is the only time, the only time in recorded history that a motherfucker has put down an electric guitar right. and laid. Right. <laughs> you well, know? you know, I mean, 
it's just one of those things because what goes around comes around, you know. Yeah. And I knew when he when he originally let Ron Ronnie James Dio go, or whatever, he says that one of the reasons was you know, and he's just like all into his girlfriend mm-hmm. Wendy. He's not about the band, no whatever, yeah. whatever, whatever, whatever. Fast forward to yeah. fucking certain look at this guy, which I mean, you know, she sang backstage with Rainbow first. Yeah. So yeah, she was she was already she was already destined for uh something was like that was gonna happen. Yeah. It was just like you can, yeah, you can hear her backing yeah. vocals if you listen to like the ninety four live shit yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. <clears throat> What's you know it's just kind of a trip in that sense. But, you know, it's funny that he's like, oh, Dio was all into his chick. Well, yeah. Dio was like, he was all into trying to make a pop album. Right. And I wasn't into that. That's not what we wanted. Yeah. When he's, he, he, Dio is another one of them guys that is very straightforward. Well, see, there you go. And that's a metal attitude. Yeah. That's the attitude that I, I mean, when we, when I decided to, that I was going to make a band with these certain guys, mm-hmm. we were going to be a fucking metal band. And that yeah. was it. And we knew what those parameters were, what what would not be cool, what yeah. would, you know, whatever. And But that wasn't the case. Like, in, in Richie's mind, that's like, what? What do you mean? Yeah. You know, but Dio was headed towards that. Yeah. Where And he never changed. His whole, the rest, whole rest of his life yeah. was exactly that. that he shit. had his vision, yeah. you know, and he wanted to, like, he basically was like, I got the, I put this band together right. with Richie to sing right. about like dragons and shit. Right. And and then he wanted to stop singing about dragons and shit. Yeah. And I didn't want to stop singing about yep. that. So I found some other fools. So I so I joined Black Sabbath <laughs> yeah. for a little while there and uh made, you know, made uh Iomi kind of play songs more about dragons and shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh Changed it, made him do some stuff a yeah. little bit differently, and then I formed my own band, and I can do whatever the fuck I want. Right. And he the whole time, like when he he had that sword and sorcery right. theme and the medieval shit, because that was what they bonded over. Right. Like, when he got with you know Richie is because they right. were they both had a mutual interest in like this neoclassical type shit and this you know they this neo renaissance type yeah. thing. Like they wanted to, um, they wanted to do something like that yeah. and then Richie decided he didn't want to do that no more right and he's like yeah you know this is cool but I'd like to sell more albums right yeah and you know what's funny what's funny about that is that uh, two things mm-hmm. one when you listen to Stormbringer that guitar sound is the exact guitar sound that's on Rainbow's first album yeah. I wouldn't be surprised that he was recording those records around the same time. Oh yeah, you know, so that's that's a trip. And another thing that I was gonna say is fu- is funny is that isn't it cool that in his sixties or whatever, Ronnie didn't fucking just suddenly be like, you know what, I just want to sing the the standards now. Yeah, come watch Ronnie Dio do Sinatra in Vegas yeah. or some shit. Which hilariously enough. Ian Gillen has a group that, that does that yeah, shit. It's uh, Ian Gillen and the uh, fucking Javelins or something. Yeah, some like shit that. like that. I yeah. sh- well, I showed that to you like the day that shit dropped. That's it right. It came out a couple weeks ago. Oh, yeah. Because I was like, 
I saw it. I'm like, Ian Gillen has a side project. Yeah. I, so I look. I got on Amazon you know, Music immediately, and it was right on there because yeah. it was like the day it dropped, and right. I was like, "What is this?" And I'm like, "Ugh, it's all '50s fucking, yeah. you yeah. know." Uh, yeah, because you know. they they just love that shit, man. Yeah. I mean, that's the music of their youth. Well, yeah, you know what I mean, so. But at the same time, it's like there's it's so fucking weird because it's not bringing anything to the song. Really, it's not. It's just Ian Gillen singing, you know, yeah. shit that he, you know, you would be, you know, sharing a fucking malt with your girlfriend, right? At the, you know, at the, yeah, at the soda shop or some shit. Some shit. You I, know, I, I don't that know. you slow dance with your best gal at the sock hop right. too. Like it's like you know what, dude? Nah. Yeah, I guess he probably just did it, and he, he thought it was fun or whatever, and he was able to find yeah. somebody who'd put it out. But it wasn't that like the cool shit from that era yeah. like if he fucking like was like okay I'm gonna do you know some Chuck Berry yeah like you know th- he's doing the shit that everybody like it's the you know the you know this American as apple pie type shit right not, like the Chuck Berry yeah like, do up that everybody was worried that like their kids are gonna fuck to right like, he's not right. playing the 50s fuck music like. right <laughs> yeah so it's like he's yeah. playing the, the uh, sock hop music yeah well but the thing is though is Dio did he did that first. Yeah, he did that first. His, his first band. Yeah, because he was like so old. He was, was so yeah. old by the time we knew who he was. Yeah, because he was like it was like Ronnie and the Red Caps. Red Caps. Yeah, and Ronnie shit. and Red Caps. And they were, uh, you know, they were like that kind of band. But that yeah. was because of, they were like that age. Right. You know. So then he kind of then he, that band eventually somehow became Elf. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah. which then became. Richie Blackmore's Rainbow for right. one album before he fired his entire band but kept Ronnie. <laughs> right. Now, 1982 is is uh, that was, that was my year. That was like I think 81 I started really like like starting to like some heavy metal and shit and mm-hmm. by 82 I was pretty much in it, you yeah. know. And um, Rainbow came to the sports arena uh, and I like tried to go now at the time i'm like 13 like that and we just couldn't always we couldn't make it happen most of the time because our parents weren't just gonna let us go to a concert by ourselves and um we managed to go to a triumph concert which was at the fox theater where we kind of convinced our parents that it was just a regular theater and triumph was the name of the movie yeah you know whatever whatever so we saw triumph and we were trying to go see Rainbow, but it was going to be hard to sell. You know, it was at the sports arena. We weren't able to go. That would have been the Joe Lynn Turner yeah. era. And, I mean, they were doing well. They were big, you know. And Richie admits that they just offered him so much money to go back with Deep Purple that he just had to do it. Yeah. You know. And, and Joe Lynn Turner says, you know... I was fine with it, you know, we promised to work together again, you know, and it's deep purple, man, you know, yeah. you know, he's always cool in his interviews, yeah. like, you know. Just, yeah, go go do a deep purple yeah. thing, we'll just be on hiatus. Right, and so they did it, and it's one of my favorite deep purple records. Oh, it's so fucking yeah. good. Yeah, it's awesome. The thing I love about Perfect Strangers also is, not, it, not only is it just a very fucking good album, mm. it's... You know, they got that original lineup back, you know, well, not the original, but yeah. Mark II, they're all together again, mm. 
and they put out an album that updates their sound. Mm-hmm. It's not. It doesn't sound like the like old se- shit. Yeah. Like the seventies shit. It sounds like its own thing. Right. So it has like uh you know at this point it sounds like you know an eighties mm-hmm. album, but the production values are so much better. Mm-hmm. But it has it it made it rejuvenated that lineup. So right. They went in and they cranked out a killer album that sounded different from their old ones, but still had a through line. Yeah. yeah. It's like you can see that as the natural evolution of their sound. Right, right. It also seems like everybody might have been like putting shit aside, like, hey, you know what? I'm going to save this in case there's ever a deeper. Yeah. Thing. That's well, kind of deep purplish. I think of it like this. You know, as far as, you know, albums that kind of reinvent the sound, you know, when you go into the 80s, it's like that in heaven and hell. Right. Like, they, there's just a marked difference between the sound and the quality of the yeah, album. Yeah, for and, sure. And the production values yeah. and everything. So, it sounded like a live. Yeah. You know, yeah. And there's just such a big sound to that. And it's like, you know, you listen to that, and it's one of those few times where it's like, okay... This sounds like it might actually be better than how it would sound if they played it live. Mm-hmm. Because I listened, they have a um, uh, a live album for that tour, oh. and I was listening to a little bit of that today, and it's good. Yeah, but because of you know some of the trips you can do mm-hmm. in the studio, mm-hmm. some of the tracks lose a little bit, right? Because Ian's voice had. Mm-hmm. It's not gone by any means at that point. Yeah, it's not even gone now. He was yeah. all right, like well, the yeah, other day. but it's not what it was. Well, yeah, no, no, no. But I guess sure. he had blown it out a little bit um, when he's touring with Sabbath. Yeah, so he wasn't able to hit his his you know signature yeah. whales anymore. Which I don't miss, man. Not your thing. <laughs> nah, I mean you know I, I I was watching a documentary on them, and one of the early reviews of like the first album was. I could do without the screeching, you know, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you know, it like it's on certain things is yeah. great, but sometimes it's just like, like maybe like you, like you would say about Zach Wilde's squeals. Yeah. It's just like too much. You yeah. Know, after a while, it's like, do something different. Yeah. So, so yeah, but, uh, so that album was great. They toured. I yeah. saw them. It was great. And then, uh, and then I guess, you know. When they tour together, that's when shit starts going wrong, yeah. you know? And for the next album was not House of the Blue Light. Yeah. It was not great. It was decent. You know? And then the tour was a disaster. And when I saw him here, they were like, they were bickering on the stage. They were bickering. Ian Gillen, did, uh, like, he just, he came out in like, these like, Almost, almost pink. They were like yeah. red faded sweats <laughs> with no shoes on. Jesus. And he and you know he just fucking did his thing. Like he was just trying to get it over with or whatever. But yeah. it was. I mean, like I say, I loved Trade Rex, so it was great. You know. Yeah. And I knew they would not be together after that. I I just knew that that was. You're like, well, so much for Deep Purple. Yeah, right? pretty much. You know. But it was like, yeah, I was there. Yeah, fuck yeah, it was a shit show. Yeah. You well, know. Yeah, and then the thing is, though, is they tried it again one more time. Yeah, which I didn't even know about. I didn't even know about that until I started researching this episode. It's like, holy shit, I had no idea the battle rages on. And it was quite uneventful, that record. I mean, that was definitely a, uh, 
I guess. Um, and again, Richie says it, it was the money. Yeah, you know? I guess Joel and Turner was uh, originally supposed to be on that album too. Yeah. And then they're like, uh, yeah. we're going to offer a whole lot. You know, let's, yeah. We're going to try to get Ian Gillen back in again. Right. And, and Joel and Turner's like, all right, that's cool. The al- he, he's, I mean, you know, he, hey. He's chill, I guess. Yeah. The, the album with Joel and Turner, they had that song, King of Dreams. I love that song. And it's like a rainbow song, yeah. you know. But the rest of the album, eh, you know, it yeah. doesn't have a lot. Well, and Deep Purple does that to you, man. They, they put, like, that first song often kicks ass. Yeah. And then it often goes downhill from there, you know, but whatever, not talking shit, just saying. I, yeah, I'd say, like, you know, as far as, like, the classic albums, though, like, for the majority of the uh, Mark II albums, I think they're pretty fucking good from start to stop. It's when they start mixing in some new guys that things start getting mm-hmm. a little weird. But, like, that, you know, up until um, uh, House of the Blue Light or so, that's when... The quality is kind of it's it's when they're phoning it in when they're doing it to get a paycheck that it's mm-hmm. just I think anybody does that but I think for anybody if you're phoning it in if you're just doing it for a paycheck you're not putting your all into it you're mm-hmm. not you know you got probably you know Richie's probably sitting there going oh I got this you know I got this riff you know, maybe I'll just put that in my back pocket for the next time I do a Rainbow album. Yeah. I'm going to do a Rainbow album again. Yeah. You know, so you got for that. For sure. And because, you know, that's his that's his baby there with yeah. the fucking Rainbow. Yeah. And um, it's just kind of, you know, they, they're they phoning it in and that's all you can say about that. Right. Like, they're not trying their hardest. Yeah. They're, you know, they don't like each other. Yeah. Yeah, and it's, and it's not that don't like each other, but that like that tension leads to like a an amazing album. Right, it's just that don't, that don't like each other where they just don't like each other. Right, and, and the thing them. about it is that I think that they've come they've they've come to the conclusion really that as far as I mean I don't even know how old they are now they're they're old. Oh, they're know? in their seventies. Yeah, no doubt. But so so now it's it's almost like I mean. Wow. I mean, mathematically, they have to be. Like, yeah. They're fucking, their first, like, albums of yeah. like, 50 years ago. And so, <laughs> and so at this age, at this age, and at, you know, Richie is, like, compared to current players that are at the top of their game, he's just a guy. Like, like yeah. playing-wise, he's just a guy. Uh, the guy that they have now, Steve Morris, is, you know, he's probably technically can do more things. You Probably. know, whatever. Yeah. And and Richie's not gonna destroy the stage anymore. Yeah. You know? So in a sense, it wasn't it wasn't really that bad of an idea that he that he went and did what he did. Yeah. You know, also well, you know, with his old lady when, uh, approved of it. So when bands get to a certain age, um, as you know, as here in uh I think uh, Eddie Trunk was talking about this a little bit mm-hmm. when uh um when he was talking about Kiss's Farewell that they're doing. But, you know, you get to a certain age where you just don't care. Like, you don't want to fucking, like, you got to weigh in. Is it worth the extra money for the drama? Right. Or, you know, it wasn't about that. He was talking about, like, how every fucking year, like, a, a Skid Row reunion is, like, 
rumors that Sebastian Bach might join the band right. or something like that. But then right. it's just like you get to a certain age where it's like, you know what? I might not be like selling out arenas anymore right. or this and that. But, you know, um, I don't want to fucking strangle my lead singer mm-hmm. or my guitarist or something mm-hmm. like that on stage. Either. Right. So you, it's like I'd rather think- just fucking, you know, if you're if I'm going to be on the road with some guys, especially with like Deep Purple, if yeah. I'm like in my fucking 70s like yeah. do i want to go on the road with a guy that i think is kind of a dickhead just right. to sell more tickets right or how about i just team up with you know yeah. judas priest right and do one last tour and kind of be like okay we're all done after this and right. not fucking deal with it like yeah. you just you know there's a point where you know money doesn't talk anymore yeah right? it's like i got hella money right uh, you know, I'm in the Rock and Roll motherfucking Hall of Fame. How come these dudes don't mellow with age like normal dudes? Like, you know, they just get along like, eh, fuck, remember some, that shit we used to fight about? Yeah, uh, some dudes do. Yeah. Others are just like, you know, all, it's, yeah, all you remember is like, the grudges. Exactly. Well, I think of it like this. Like, I've mellowed with age. Yeah, um, for sure, we do. But, you know, <laughs> but at the same time, when you think about like an ex-girlfriend or something like that, yeah well the older you get you don't remember the good times anymore right. you just remember all the shit that pissed you the fuck off yeah and it's so it's like i think it's that i think a little bit of like you know when you think back to like oh man it was awesome when we we're the biggest rock stars in the world but at the right. same time it's like you know what wasn't awesome when uh i was barefoot and in sweatpants yeah. because i didn't care anymore and yeah. You know, Richie didn't care anymore, and we all were yelling at each other on stage, oh. and this and that. It's like that sucked, and then after a while, that becomes your your overwhelming your... memories of a certain person, and they're just saying like, okay, maybe Richie's mellowed out, right? Maybe he's a different person now, yeah, or maybe he's not. And why do I want to even risk that? Yeah, which it's a fucking shame in some senses because you know what? It would have been cool if they all could have just put that shit aside mm-hmm. for one day for one night yeah. and fuck just go play smoke on the water yeah. at the rock and roll hall of fame blow the fucking roof off the place people will lose their minds for that yeah. and then you don't ever have to fucking see each other again yeah and that's the thing i hate is when bands are in that weird turmoil stage and yeah. then they get inducted because right. then you get shit like fucking Van Halen getting inducted and the only people that showed up was fucking Mike Anthony and Sammy Hagar who aren't even in the band anymore. Right. Because they're just off, you know, jerking each other off and drinking tequila together. Yeah. All the live long (laughs) day. So then like, that's the thing is like, you end up with people, you know, other bands playing covers of your tunes Mm -hmm. and then you got Sam, the only people that had been in the band it was Sammy and Mike and they're singing Why Can't This Be Love at the right. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and it's like you know we wanted to see Van Halen doing Panama right you know and and then the, the thing is too they ended up getting all that shit worked out to at least a working agreement so then mm-hmm. they fucking tour with David Lee Roth anyway mm-hmm. and it's like you could have fucking had right. the original version of Van Halen on stage yeah again. yeah but, you know, Eddie's such a cocktail. Right. And, and if it was a shit show, who cares? You know? Really? Yeah. And it's, but that's the thing. It would have been good publicity. When, way. Yeah. When I heard Deep Purple was inducted, I was like, fuck yeah. Yeah. Well, the first thing I thought is, is Richie going to play? That was my first thought. Oh, yeah. That yeah. too. Well, I, it wasn't so much, it, it, is Richie going to play? It was, 
is everybody else going to let Richie play? Right. Because they're, the ball is in their court with the yeah. purple at this point. They, Pre- yeah, pretty much. You know, oh, you know what, man? Funny that uh, I was doing the research because, like I said earlier, you know, I, I was always thinking, oh, that, that deep purple was Richie's band, you know? Yeah. And so I, you know, did like some research looking up and whatever, whatever. Nobody owns the trademark to Deep Purple. Really? Still now. Nobody owns it. And I wonder how much you can buy it for. You want to well, go No, uh, Richie filed for it. See, oh, okay. whenever anybody files for it, Ian Pace will nix it. <laughs> and he'll uh, protest or whatever you do, yeah. uh, contest it, right? Because he's the only dude that has been in the band From since the beginning. Day. And during those times where, in our minds, there was no Deep Purple, he was deep he purple. was still Deep Purple. Yeah. So I remember you showed me that. You're like, hey, in 1980, Ian Pace was the only official member of Deep Purple. Yeah. I'm like, that's sick, I guess. Yeah. So so because of that, and Richie um, filed for it. Funny enough, Richie filed for uh, for the uh, trademark in Europe for 2013. And he didn't get it because he is in eh, nope. Yeah. Can't have it. Well, they were still touring as deep. Purple yeah, probably like so. And he probably just did it just to fuck with them, you yeah, know. You or maybe he thought he could sneak it through or some shit. Yeah, like how uh <laughs> just like uh, speaking of uh, kiss, did you see that shit that Vinnie Vincent tried to pull where he's trying to trademark Vinnie Vincent's kiss? Oh god. To, to play on it. It's like he can he finally came out of the out of hiding as a woman, right. and immediately does some shit that Gene's like gonna fight him over. Yeah, um, but uh, yeah, yeah, that's kind of funny. he's gonna he's gonna the pants suit off him. That is funny though <laughs> that Richie tried to file for the trademark for Deep Purple when yeah. there was a Deep Purple doing things. Yeah, that's like that shit that happened with like Creedence Clearwater Revival, oh, where like there's like four different versions of right, them. and the and the main guy's not in none of them. Yeah, yeah. And that's when he got he got sued for sounding too too much much like like himself himself and shit. And man, ain't that a bitch? (laughs) But you know, it's we're at that point. You know, Deep Purple is in the Mark Eight lineup, I guess. Right, and and I'm pretty sure that's it because um, you know we never got it. We we never got into. Ian Pace. Ian Pace is a great drummer, jazzy oh, style. What we didn't talk much about is fucking John Lord. Yeah, dude. John Lord. That he that was kind of his band for the longest time right. too. I mean, it was him and Ian's up until right. John passed away a few yeah. years ago. But he's like the fucking, you know, the the keyboardist of all keyboards. Right. In the era. Well, he, he played the electric organ. Right. You know, for it's, sure. It's a different sound than a keyboard. For sure. But no, like that. Nobody sounded like that, dude. No. Like, he had a very distinctive fucking sound Amazing. for his shit. And that's the thing I loved about those classic era of Deep Purple. Right. Was the interplay between um, Lord and uh, Richie. Oh, yeah. Because instead of having the dueling guitar solos, mm-hmm. it was like dueling guitar versus, versus you know, keyboards. keyboards, like back and forth. Yeah. And, and, and then was, Ian Gillen would do, would uh, they would have he would have the call and answer riffs with Richie also yeah with the with the vocals yeah well that's the funny thing with Ian too since he didn't play any uh, yeah any instruments like I, I I don't watch a whole lot of actual live footage so it's right. just I don't I don't want to sit and watch Ian just having to stand around during a ten minute jam right like was he even like right. is he just kind of 
Yeah. yeah. That's you know that's that's my that's my thing, in that, I mean you know the concert, is a is a, a whole experience from top to bottom right. Mm-hmm. So during the concert, I love those those uh, John Lord solos. I've seen Deep Purple three yeah. times. I never got to see Rainbow. But I mean, just didn't fucking didn't pan didn't, out. Yeah, the times didn't. But uh, I, so those John Lord solos were sick. You know, it, but like watching them on video, they get a little long. You well, know, you gotta be in the moment. Too, yeah, you know, but if you're there, it's awesome. Yeah, it's like you don't want to sit and listen to a ten minute drum solo. Right. But when you're there, right, and you're watching it, yeah. and it's happening in front of you, you're like, oh fuck yeah! Uh-huh. And you're, there's the energy of the crowd. But right. Like, when you're at home, there's you know that's the thing is when I listen to a lot of those, uh, you know, a lot of those Deep Purple live shit or Rainbow live, I kind of. Get through a little bit of shit because there's always gonna be a jam in there, and then mm-hmm. it's it's cool. Yeah, but at the same time, it's like I kind of want to get to the song. So the song is twelve minutes. You might skip it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what's funny is uh, is on um, Apple Music. Nani has Apple Music now, and <laughs> even though like I would never pay ten bucks a month for that shit, yeah. but she likes it, yeah. so cool. And so since she's got it, if your chick take, wants to, that's yeah, cool. we take advantage of it. So. They have like you know, a lot of deep cuts, a lot of alternate weird shit that they have, mm-hmm. and um, and she knows I like like live recordings. Yeah. I like live recordings. I like live videos. Yeah. Because when I was young and I couldn't go to that shit either, I wasn't allowed to go or I didn't have money to go. That was what we had, you know. So it was like, it was almost like, have you ever seen them live? Fuck yeah, I seen them. I got yeah. the video. You know, or whatever. <laughs> yeah. So, so that was to me a big thing, and still is. And and I also like um, live audio recordings. So when she plays something, like uh, she'll be like, you know, it, it could be anything. It, for now, let's say it's Deep Purple, right? Yeah. And so she's like, uh, do you know this song? We're like, yeah, that's whatever. You know. Yeah. Do you know when do you think this was recorded? So then I'll sit there and listen to it, right? Yeah. And then usually I can get close to it. Sometimes I'm way off, yeah. you know, but usually I can get close to it. And the thing is that sometimes, because I, I don't th- I don't know if they discriminate or where they get, but sometimes, you know, like <clears throat> they have some recordings of like Dio on his last legs, you know, and, yeah. if, you, and if you can, you'd be like, oh, that's late. You know, he still or, has some power. Yeah, he still has some power, but yeah. you can tell. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and with different dudes, different things, right? Yeah. And you know, like you said, uh, the um, you know the last tours or whatever, and you mentioned Motley Crue. Yeah, I happened to be watching that last night. The end, the video. Uh huh. Oh God, that is so awful. It's like <laughs> I mean the it's the the sound of the songs. That they that I liked when mm-hmm. they originally came up because I like Motley Crue for like yeah. two records um, are like unrecognizable now. They well, play them different. They sound different. Vince Neil obviously sounds like shit, but that's not even the point. Well, Nick Mars looks like a fucking yeah skeleton they yeah. popped up on stage. Like yeah, he's got like a disease or something. something. He looks like almost dead. Yeah, I think he's got something wrong with his spine. Yeah, or something. Which is, I mean, it's, you know, yeah, they ran them out there probably a lot longer than they should have. But, um, but you know, on, on the one hand, that's 
that's loyalty too. You know? Yeah. Which I think is I think that I think it's awesome. Um, well, get I, him a chair. You know, I, yeah. <laughs> I, dude, Don't make the dude with a spinal problem stand for a concert. Dude, there, there, used, there used to be this band here in town when uh, when I was in bands also, and they were called. Um, at, I don't know how you say it right. Is it Aslan or Aslan? Aslan. The, yeah, the lion from the from yeah. the cartoons or some shit. Uh, yeah, yeah um, they were called that, and then later on they were called Psychotic Walls. And they had to do it in a wheelchair, yeah. and they, you know, and back then it was like, you know, they, there's, they would have like he would be playing, and his girlfriend would come and like move him somewhere. In the stage. <laughs> oh man, cool but man. It was, it was cool. My, my, my friend Lenny used to clown, but yeah, whatever. Well, I mean, you know how we were. So let's. Um, I think we uh, we've talked quite a bit about the actual history and this and that. Uh, what What's your favorite Deep Purple album? My favorite album is between uh, between these three, Machine Head, okay. which is the I mean the definitive Deep Purple album. Yeah. So if you had to say to somebody this is Deep Purple, that's what you would give them. That's true. You know, and uh, and then Made in Japan, which I came to appreciate more later yeah. than at the time, just because that's like really the essence you know i mean yeah. deep purple is a jam band you know they just go on and on and again it was awesome when you were there you know yeah. maybe again if you're watching it somebody and if you're listening to it it's weird but it's cool and, and i learned to just um play it in the background you play it in the background doing whatever 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 and then you hear some other shit that you didn't hear before yeah and it's weird and like i was actually listening to it on the car in the car on the way over here and it's got like so many like weird random keyboard notes that I don't know yeah. like that it sounds like your car's giving you alerts. <laughs> it's really it's really a trip that it has all those all those because it's just you know I don't I don't know if they did a lot of overdub in those days. I don't imagine that they did. Yeah. So it's pretty much the thing the the live thing, and then uh, also Perfect Strangers is rad. So I had um, mine's. I mean, mine is basically what it'd be the same fucking shit. Yeah. But I pretty much I was trying to narrow it down to one, so then I gave it a tie. Yeah. And I gave it to Made in Japan and Perfect Strangers. Right. Because you know, Made in Japan, it takes all the it's all the best shit off of their albums before that, right. as they're meant to be played and heard. And then Perfect Strangers is like, this is what we became, yeah. and yeah. you know, a it, reunion that yielded a good thing which is yeah not really that common and i mean it has what i consider with uh knocking at your back door i think in my opinion that's the last truly great guitar riff that richie blackmore really wrote yeah you know yeah and it's such a fucking good riff it is and you know perfect strangers is an awesome song uh so that's where i decided with that um did you pick out a few all-time favorite songs to throw yeah, in there? Yeah, for songs, uh, uh, the vocals in Child in Time okay. are insane. Even, you know, if you're not, you know, um, like I say, I'm not a huge fan. fan. Um, uh, Highway Star, Highway Star, just the guitar was, 
another level because you, you know that we have you got to compare it to the shit that was at the time. Yeah. And and it was it just blew away anything yeah. that Eric Clapton was doing or Jimmy Page was doing or or Jeff Beck was any of those fools. To me, it just blew well, all that I mean, shit away. Even if you put it next to like you know the other two big you know bands at the time, you know Led Zeppelin and Black Sabbath. Yeah. Um, Sabbath. I mean, they had their their heavy fast songs, but, right? And you know, and uh, Led Zeppelin has some fast songs also, but like Highway Star is like really like one of the first really kind of shredding yeah. Yeah. type songs, and it's hard and it's fast and it's yep. just fucking coming at you. Totally. Um, which is that was what Richie Blackmore would say, like when he was people would ask him like, okay, what was Deep Purple all about? Especially that lineup. He said we just wanted to be. As, play as loud and fast as we could. Right. And right. Just tear it up. Yeah, so. and there and there was that during that time. I mean, during that time when I was a kid. I mean the um, the Guinness Book of World Records was in like every school library. Yeah. I don't know if it still is, but it it was in either you'd have like a an old one or a new one lying around your house or whatever. And I remember being it being a little kid, and had, that Deep Purple was the loudest band in the world. Yeah, they're in the Guinness Book. I remember seeing that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and so that's yeah, they achieved that, you know, yeah. and shit. I mean, they achieved a lot of shit, which is funny for a band that basically had like very little direction yeah. and very you know a lot of experimentation before they before they fucking made it work yeah that was the way back then nowadays you'd be out on your ass if you didn't you know if you didn't uh, well not really because they had that hit they had a hush so yeah so they that had was, hush which know, was a pretty decent hit which yeah. is funny um to just talk about that mark 1 lineup for just a split second again Deep Purple was bigger in the States than it was in England, at, you know, during yeah. that time period. So somehow they got more popular here than they right. did in Europe. Which was the goal. Yeah. Which was all the goal for all those bands. Yeah, but you know? that doesn't happen very often. No. It's it usually happen. like they got real big back home and then they have their big breakthrough in the States. Right. And somehow they just got bigger in the States and then got bigger in Europe after that. Right. But... Yeah. And again, <clears throat> during those interviews that I was reading with Richie, he was saying, we did this because we needed a breakthrough in England. Yeah. We did this because we needed a breakthrough in Europe. You know, and... Very and, targeted. Yeah, very targeted. And, 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 you know, like, they would brainstorm about the shit, you know, and, and, and make decisions based on that shit, which I never thought would be the case. I mean, yeah. because, you know, to us, like, as as metal dudes, you know, or whatever, everything's, like, so pure. Yeah. Fucking, you know, metal or die, metal up your ass, metal, you know. Yeah. They were just, like, whatever makes the fucking money, baby. Whatever gets Fuck us that paid. Shit. Yeah. Well, you know what's funny is even the Beatles were fucking like that. Like, yeah. they had this, like, you know, all you need is love and this and that, and people acted like they were, oh, so not materialistic. <laughs> Right. Hippie phase. And then, you know, uh, Paul McCartney would say that, you know, when he would sit down and write a song with John, they'd have their ones that they wanted to be more like the deep cut of the album. Yeah. But they knew they had to write hits. Yeah. 
so they joke around where like they sit down and like okay let's let's write a let's let, make some money let's write ourselves a new swimming pool yeah that kind of shit and then yeah. they'd sit down and go we're gonna write a hit right this is gonna be a hit and yeah. that's a fucking hit you yeah. know and they knew how to write hits yeah It'd be and, like nah you know that chord change is a little little irritating to the ear yeah. let's soften that up there and and up tempo. <laughs> yeah. So I am. Uh, let's see here. With my favorite songs from the band, um, I decided to give a little love to Mark Three on that also. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll start with them first. Actually, um, I you know mistreated and burned. We mm-hmm. already talked about those mm-hmm. are up there in my favorite. You know, Deep Purple songs. Right. Um, but overall, it's I I favor Mark Two. That's why the the fucking episode is focused mostly on that because right. it's, it's the most well-known it's got the yeah. most popular yeah and we're a little pressed for time not, and, you know. uh, <laughs> yeah we don't want to do like a four hour yeah on deep purple um but i'd have to go with uh child in time also mm-hmm. uh for the vocals more than anything um and in that same respect um uh, when a blind man cries which is generally that's on like the you know if you get the special editions of uh Machine Head. Mm-hmm. So I'm guessing I'm guessing that was like a B side on one of the singles, right? That wasn't on the album. It's you know a slower one that kind of shows off the vocals a bit more mm-hmm. than Highway Star for all the all the same damn reasons. Yeah. Um, the theatrics. You know I'm not gonna you know I'm smoke in the water. I don't think we need to mention it right. at that point. Like it's you yeah, know, it's universal. It's universal. It's Iron Man. Yeah. That's the thing is that those are the two riffs. It's yeah. Iron Man and and it's, Smoke yeah, on the Water. For the sure. first two things personally. Yeah. I learned how to play fucking Smoke on the Water on a piano. Yeah. And I don't play piano, right. obviously. Yeah. But I fi- <laughs> I was listening one time and I was farting around yeah. and I think I watched something. So I learned how to be like ding 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 ding. Totally. And uh um then uh, perfect strangers and a knocking at your back door. Yeah. I mean those are the two real big highlights off of Perfect Strangers. Yeah. But I'm going to throw one on here that it's this is going to be, this is my deep cut deep, deep cut. purple. My yeah. deep purple cuts. Uh, it's generally, it's only on pretty much the same thing. It's on like the, if you get like the special edition of Perfect Strangers, it's uh, Son of Alaric and it's an instrumental that wasn't on the original release of it mm-hmm. it might have been a b-side on something but yeah. they put it on like if you get the newer extended edition right that that's the last track on yeah. the cd and it's just so i was good. wondering what that was it's yeah. so fucking good it's yeah. just it's just you know i mean it's an instrumental so it doesn't have ian gillen which right. is, you've already said before where you respect him he's not your favorite part of deep purple right, right. Um, so it's just you know the band just kind of doing their you know, doing their thing, and it's just a cool like laid back jam type sound song that actually has a point to it since it's an instrumental piece. It's not just them jamming, right? But the whole thing, everybody's just perfectly in time, and right? That that thing is it's awesome. You know, I listen to that every once in a while when I just want to 
chill out and listen cool. to like a bunch of musicians do a bunch of good ass musicianship. I'm gonna listen to that tonight, and that's gonna be the last time I listen to Deep Purple for like for a, for a long time. Uh, yeah, we I'm listen to more. Yeah, out. we listen to more Deep Purple than we probably needed to yeah. over this past week. Yeah. Um, there's a lot to fucking cover. Now we got to bring this to a close, but one thing that uh, that is a uh, it's a highlight just of the band, and it's a it's a story, and it's everything. Have you ever watched the video, the California Jam, the whole uh, thing? Not the whole thing. Okay, you gotta watch it because it's like that's where they're doing it with David Coverdale, right? Yeah, with David Coverdale. The thing about it is, is that you know for good reason. I just think you know. Uh, if you if you have the chance, you want to start your show in the dark, mm-hmm. right? You don't want to be playing during the day. Yeah. If you get in festival settings, whatever, and festivals were new, yeah. So they something were, seems you know, not right when like you're listening to hard rock in the daylight, right? You know, and so like, Richie had that in the contract that we don't start playing until it gets dark, right? Well, whatever the fuck happened went wrong, and they were like, you guys need to go on now. Yeah. And Richie's like, fuck you. I ain't going, fuck, I ain't going on. Look, it says it's right literally here. in my name. Right. Blackmore. More black. Right. And so, Which is such a great fucking name. Too. Yeah. Oh, it's, yeah. That's the best rock and roll name ever. Totally. So they come to some conclusion, right, where they're going to start a little bit while it's still light, but it's, it's going to get dark right, right yeah. away, right? Well... I guess that's cool. Uh, nobody was happy. Yeah. The, the, the promoters weren't happy because there was a lot of dead time. And Richie wasn't happy because he still had to go on during part of the day. Yeah. Whatever. Um, but it was going to get dark. Whatever, whatever, whatever. Well, he gets on there and he's pissed, right? And it's, um, it's, you could tell, like, this is early in the, in the, they hadn't been together very long. Yeah. You know? And um, and so everybody's trying to find their feet. You know, uh, John Lord is talking to the crowd mm-hmm. more than uh, more than Coverdale is. Yeah. You know, uh, you can't really get the get the get the vibe of it, you know, because Glenn Hughes is singing and, yeah. and he's singing and fucking Richie's fucking off on his own doing <laughs> weird shit. And then I guess the camera dude you know, these are big old 1970s cameras yeah. like this. Pisses off Richie somehow, telling him uh, that, that Richie can hear, like, the, the stage directions. Yeah, where they're telling face him, the camera. Oh, yeah, whatever, whatever, whatever. And he just fucking commences to take the fucking camera out, <laughs> right? And the camera guy, being a good camera guy, is just tr- focusing and fucking trying to keep, trying to capture the camera getting fucking destroyed. <laughs> so it's hilarious, and and Richie's got to hit it like twenty times, yeah, to get it to to where he wants it, you know, or whatever. And then he uh, does a solo, and then he blows up the fucking stage, like literally blows up the stage, and it was like unplanned. Oh, you know, so he just like told his roadie, fucking douse some fucking gas right here. He said, fucking, uh, the explosion 
blew Ian Pace's glasses off his face. God right? Damn. So he's fucking sitting there and fucking playing. He can't see shit. But he's still playing. And the fire is not that far from here because there's a big fucking fire. Yeah. So it, it, to me, it was just like um, kind of deep purple in a, in encapsulated because it's just so fucking rad and so spectacular and in such a mess at yeah. the same time. You know, so That's yeah, if you get a chance, you get up. Well, I'm gonna shoot it to you, okay? But you guys out there, if you get a chance, watch that shit. There's a even a, a high def Blu ray out of that shit oh, now. Shit. Yeah, it still looks you know kind of grainy by our standards, but it looks pretty fucking awesome. So, yeah, I would definitely check that out. It's um, live at the California Jam 2, okay. Deep Purple. And that would have been what 74 or something, uh, something like yeah, that. Yeah, like that. Okay. Like right before right before Richie left for uh, yeah. for Rainbow. Yep. All right. All right. So that's our episode on Deep Purple. Next week we'll be coming back with part 2 of the Richie Blackmore saga, which is Rainbow, which in my opinion was the perfect band. When when it was perfect, it was perfect. And I didn't think it could have gotten any. But anyway, All right. we'll get into that next week. Until the next one, it's Big Frog and... I'm the wizard, Mike Castleberry. So hit the light, and we're out.